0: Welcome back to NELP's Young Professionals Network podcast, Growing in the Green Industry. Today's podcast is powered by our Young Professional Network partner, Steel. Steel makes a full line of gasoline and battery powered outdoor power equipment for the demanding landscape professional. Find yours at steelusa.com. Your hosts of today's episode include myself, Miles Caparis from Include Software, Neil Glatt with Grow the Bench, and Luke Melangrano from Mariani Landscape. Good to see you guys,
1: especially Luke. Welcome back. Luke representing Central Time once
2: again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys are all were just used to that East Coast time. This yeah, bulk. I
1: know. What's Macy? Is she Central Time? Or is she like- uh, Central. I think she's yeah, Central, Texas, too. Texas yeah. is Central. Yeah. Yeah. We, right. have,
2: we just haven't got that West Coast representation yet. Yeah.
1: We'll, we'll figure out a different claim for fame. Representing <laughs> the Midwest, at least, because Texas is not that great. Right.
0: Hey, let's yeah let's just crap all over texas while macy's gone that's <laughs> i mean i'm okay with that what, what? I'm not saying it's not <laughs> you're saying it's not the midwest
1: <laughs> it, it's, i don't it's know board, that's not it's what bro- i heard it's but.
2: borderline midwest <laughs> 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 yeah well
0: you know i love uh i love all our texas people it's just uh i'm i'm a northeast guy you know i grew up born and raised so it's just uh you know different cultures I think
1: it's been hotter here in the Northeast than it has been in Texas, which is know, harder. man. Yeah, it was
0: 97 degrees yesterday. Today it's like 80 something here in DC. And humidity's 170%. and 170 percent. Yeah, that's, uh, that's
2: that's what we've had for like the past two months. And uh, we yeah. fi- we finally got rain last week for the first time in three months. I want to say. Oh, jeez. It was. I mean, we were like extreme drought. Lawns were frying, but people were still cutting grass <laughs> were you guys were you guys cutting grass or did you guys no, i mean we kept, we scaled a little bit back and, i mean a lot of our houses are irrigated so they're okay you know keeping up but uh, i always love driving by the the big commercial complexes that they don't have any irrigation or they're not running it and the lawn i mean looks like a concrete parking lot basically and there's a landscaper out there just Run running around. over it <laughs>
0: Full speed. <laughs> you gotta yeah. get those you gotta get those nice burned in mower yeah. uh, lines you know yeah that's exactly. like uh, that's when the mower lines really come out when you have the the dead grass lays nice and flat from those from those wheels you know you get some nice stripes yeah,
2: get, that, get that striping going now
0: yeah i know so <laughs> uh anyway so we don't have a guest today for our listeners uh benefit here so it's just luke neil and myself and we're just gonna chat away a little bit here and we're gonna reflect on some podcasts that we've had in the beginning of the season uh neil's feeling pretty passionate today about meeting sales goals and pricing and we're just going to kind of get into it today so um i'm excited excited to chat with you guys and uh yeah let's send it so uh i guess starting off um just to cover some basics we have landscapes coming up uh in louisville it's the last year in louisville uh after what a 15 year streak yeah yep so that's kind of crazy and
1: i'm all registered like, up you're
0: Super all registered up. up. i don't yeah. think i am but it should be but um you know we'll we'll get there um Got your
1: hotel before that fills up
0: that's true it's a good point that thing fills up fast so every fast. time
1: yep but
0: how do you feel about that hotel it's,
1: the omni yeah it's cool i don't know if yeah, it's- as cool as how much they charge a room for the week <laughs> <laughs> but it's really cool yeah it's, yeah it's... i mean i think
2: it's i mean i think it, it gives some good but good what are you gonna do stay,
1: stay 15 minutes away and then your whole landscapes is like not as good as you know taking taking the elevator straight from the bar to the room afterwards yeah, i've done that before
0: like this, the whole stay away from the main hotel thing. The experience is definitely not as good.
2: It's you just, gotta go all in, but, so it is yeah. what it is. Who wants, who wants to be just continue riding a bus or in taxis back and forth to to get to where all the action is the whole time? And,
1: and I, know, I mean, the, I don't know if you guys have traveled recently, but the, you can't get ride shares anymore. Uber and Lyft have no drivers in like every city. It's unbelievable. So
0: well, and also like it's actually that's pretty interesting. I mean, DC, I can get a ride. Um, I remember, like two years ago, it used to be like every like three minutes, right? You can find somebody. Now yeah. it takes like I don't know, like between like eight to 10, um, eight to ten minutes. But the prices are normal taxi prices at this point. I've noticed it's like, oh, this is what happens when VC money goes away, and yeah, the venture capitalists aren't <laughs> aren't subsidizing my Uber and Lyft rides anymore.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> like this is just as good as a taxi. Well. Yeah. Well, I mean it's better experience, it's better. you know. Yeah, you know, but pricing
1: wise. I mean, don't I, I don't mind the price because I like people being able to like afford, you know, dinner and stuff after they're done driving Uber, but it's fair. um I don't like like I I they have the feature where you can call it in advance and I'm flying out like two weeks ago at six in the morning, so I said it pick me up at five because I live seven minutes from the airport. I wake up, look at my phone, there's nobody, like you're screwed now. <laughs> it's just like what? <laughs> that's, not, that's not the experience I want. I don't care what the price is. Well, what are you going to do about it? I'm just going to complain on my podcast. That's all.
0: Well, there you go. yeah we don't do too much we don't we don't complain enough here maybe we should just have a segment called complain your butt off you got me all fired up about sales
2: before the podcast yeah i know yeah neil was was slamming his fist on the desk and he was just getting all worked up he's he's juiced up he's ready to go now (laughs) luke luke just you being
0: back you know just added the uh added the flavor and the spice that we needed to get neil going you know
2: exactly exactly I'm, I'm happy to see he's still rocking a little bit of a beard. I mean, he's trimmed it up a little bit now, but since the last time I saw him. But Yeah, I mean, and you're l-
0: looking good and
1: seeing the yeah. marathon training, man. Yeah, well, one of my videos popped up over COVID. And I had this huge beard. And I was huge, and it's like, nobody told me that this was a terrible look. I should have gotten <laughs> back together months ago. <laughs> <laughs> you, didn't,
2: you didn't want to go to a, your first speaking engagement with, you know, beard halfway down your chest or anything <laughs> <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that no, not no, for me. audience not for me. would have looked at you and been like who the hell is this guy at right now <laughs> it's,
0: it's, it's the undercover look you know it's yeah. just it's just like you under sell, under the whole undersell over deliver because like when money he, he speaks you're like oh wow words of wisdom knowledge so you know this guy set the expectation all right um setting expectations speaking of setting expectations um planning and budgeting for winter um neil i don't think you guys are really doing that with your business but luke are you starting to have those conversations internally
2: at mariani oh definitely uh i mean we're you know i think we're constantly reviewing that type of stuff and um the summer months into the fall i mean that's the that's the time of the year where you want to start planning and preparing for next year because uh when the new year hits, I mean, you want to be out the gates. You don't want to be sitting there and, you know, figuring out, Oh, what are we going to do for budget wise? What are we going to do? You know, this, you you don't have the time to do that. Uh, I mean, we're, we're looking at budgeting. We've already talked about our rates, the rate increases we're going to be um, pushing through for next year. Uh, And right now, I mean, again, just like I said, we're we want to hit the ground running first of the year. We are, we're at a stage now where every month we're basically starting to prepare our renewals for next year. So, you know, right now we're looking at spring annuals, mulches, we're going back through, we're reviewing them because they're also fresh in our mind. Uh, you know, it's not January or February and thinking back, oh, you know, did I use 20 yards or did I use 30 yards there? You know, what what was that? No, we're looking at it now. We're getting them all done so that when we come back first of the year, the package is ready and we can go out, get these clients re-signed back up and going. That's smart. Are are you doing um
1: like equipment planning and pre-orders too? Because I know the supply chains have been a little slow.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's definitely that's definitely part of the strategic plan and uh, with, you know, with our our operating committee, they, they know what we're looking for, uh, based on, you know, conversations with, with us, uh, you know, that are out in the field, they know what we're asking for and they're looking at it. I mean, obviously for us, a big, big push is still the robotic lawnmowers. Um, that's something more and more we're going to continue to push and try and, uh, you know, we have a goal of eventually hundred percent, all of our accounts, are taken care of by robotic lawnmowers. Um, So that's, I mean, that's always part of it. You know, you got to be thinking now, trucks, trailers, equipment, whatever. I mean, everything is backed up right now. Uh, I mean, I've done a couple of jobs this year where we have to get um, landscape timbers and our suppliers are, we're telling us we're 12 weeks out on getting timbers. So if you're not planning right now, I mean, you're not going to be prepared and ready to go when your season starts next year
0: yeah i'm wondering what like the when the supply chain can't like straightens out under what like what happens you know is there going to be an oversupply for people like overproducing what happens to pricing it's it's kind of interesting think about the future but yeah i only hear about the struggles from everybody for for getting anything so it's crazy um but i think the only way that you can do that right is just keep on pushing through and then keep on planning for the future and, and delivering on that plan. Right. I don't
2: know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, you know, right now this time of year, it's, well, I mean, what, what do all landscapers start to do at this time of year? They start to, you know, sit back, relax. They've made the big push through July 4th and, you know, they're kind of, they kind of feel like they're done and don't necessarily know what to do. This is, this is the perfect time because typically, yeah, sales do slow up at this time of the year. I mean, just people have, you know, those early spring, early summer projects, you're wrapping them all up you've got probably projects booked for a little bit later in the year when it's more more conducive to planting you know this is the stuff you should be doing planning preparing getting ready for next year so you can hit the ground running when the year starts
1: Yeah, and actually enjoy the holidays right yeah that
2: too that too
1: yeah Unless it snows every day, like it does for you. Usually Luke.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, that's, yeah, I like that. Um, I think, um, I think, uh, especially being in large organizations, we take that planning phase for granted. Um, but I'm sure that there's like a lot of listeners that we have, um, that either running their own shop or in a small shop and you, you, you take that time off during the summer and then you kind of get screwed in the fall and the winter again making up for next year so um definitely i think even starting small right even like setting a basic budget for set projected sales next year gets you an idea or like projected uh capacity or, or trying to measure like what kind of capacity you need for next year so you can understand what your labor force is your equipment purchases right I think, like in my mind, when you're planning, you you want to be focusing on what your sales and growth goals are, what your profitability goals are, um, and then also like what kind of capacity you need to hit those goals.
1: But I don't know. You I think know, you're I think you're right, and I think profitability is right now where most people are dropping the ball, right? Because they're they're still using old sales and growth numbers. Oh baby, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, right. So everybody who's in this industry (laughs) is saying that it's more expensive for labor. Materials are going up in price. There's, it's taking longer if we're able to do it at all to hire people and it's taking longer to get the materials we need. Right. So it's more time and more money for all of the inputs to any segment of this industry right now. And to me, that means that you got to get more money on the front side from the, but then I'm I was just talking with a really big landscaper down in North Carolina, she's telling me that they're seeing price decreases in their industry, and so, you know, in their market, in their market. Sorry, yeah, um, prices are going down in their market for maintenance landscape maintenance work, so it's like okay what's the disconnect here? Right. People tell me all the time, you know, I can sell enough. um, I can sell as much as I want, but I can't find the people to do it. It's like, well, I can sell anything if it's cheap enough, but that doesn't mean it's profitable enough to actually be a business. Right. Um, So I think you got to really figure out how much is it worth. It's becoming more and more of a headache. That should usually mean more and more profit and adjust your rates accordingly. If there's that much demand for what we do, then, then charge the right amount because you shouldn't be getting a whole year of work by May or June. It's just
2: not. It means you're selling too cheap, in my opinion. Neil, how far do you think? I mean, what's your opinion on at, you know at this time of year, July Fourth? Uh, how far to goal should a company be right now? I mean, a range. What do you I think mean, is Yeah, good? it's it, it's going to depend. You like you don't want to be week to
1: week, right? Um, And if you're doing lots of really big design build projects, then it's okay to be out there. Um, But if you're a typical company, I think, you know, four to six weeks out is probably the right amount for production. It's going to give you enough room to squeeze people in um, who call and want to pay a lot of money for something right now. um, So you're not missing that opportunity. And it's going to give you enough security for your people that they're not questioning what am I going to do on Monday. Um, but it's not committing yourself to, I mean, if you're, if you've sold the rest of the season, what is your sales guy doing for the rest of summer? (laughs) Like I'm so confused, you account know? Account
0: management. <laughs> yeah, come on.
1: <laughs> Putting
0: out fires yeah, for the fi- people that are in yeah. at, at the end of the year for the, on the schedule.
1: Figuring out how many rounds of golf they can sneak by you as encoded as account management, right? Well, that doesn't like, sound too bad. <laughs> not, Luke but, does that already anyway. Not, yeah. ma- not for the account manager. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think,
2: well, and I think too, you have to look at it too as to, you know, what kind of business are you? You know, like I know we look at our you know, within our company, our sales goals. And, you know, we have it broken down in total total maintenance department goal, then the enhancement dollars and the maintenance dollars. At this right. point, I mean, we want to be 99, 98, 98, 99% goal as for to maintenance, because I mean, I mean, right. we're not going to be selling a ton of new maintenance accounts. But I mean, at this time of year, we want to be our biggest push for sales is usually that, you know, April through July period. Uh, I mean, we we're hoping to be in that 75 to 80%. I mean, we still do a lot of selling in the fall, but the big, big push for us is, is in that first portion of the year. So.
0: And that makes sense for like somebody who's more in the Midwest slash Northern part of the country. I mean, if you yeah. talk to our Florida friends or like California friends, that's like just like a 24, 7, 12 month a year type like sales spree, which is really another interesting model. Sure. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's going to I mean, it's all going to depend on what area you're in. I mean, yeah, correct. you know, if I mean, I can think of like up in minnesota or whatever i mean northern minnesota it it probably starts snowing in october november i mean they want to be like 90 percent to goal at this point uh so
1: there's a lot of companies that'll stop landscape sales altogether and switch to snow sales you know in june or july because they need that planning and you know six weeks out isn't enough for snow so it depends on what you're doing for sure um but i i totally agree that you got to be ahead of the curve and, and you never want to be like that sold out, I think. Hmm. I
0: wouldn't. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense to me. Um, and, But I think there, there's also another piece that we didn't really address in that conversation, but since we do have limited labor, right, that means we have limited capacity, which means that prices and profitability should go up because we have limited capacity, right? I mean, Correct. you should be meeting that sales goal, maybe not by quantity of sales, but rather like the actual sale dollar amount, right? Like getting those prices up. So that way your profitability is up because our capacity is limited. Like, why would you give away one hour for something like one hour, like one one labor hour for something that you could get potentially a time and a half more. Right? Yeah.
1: And, but, and not just like, not just to be selfish or exploit the market, but because you have to put in so much more work on your end to hire and manage those people because the employees can't be had or You have to spend so much money on, um, you know, research and and development, innovation for different systems or robot mowers or whatever it is, you're going to be making an investment in time or money in order to perform any work. And that time, that investment of time or money in 2021 is going to be significantly greater, 10, 20, 30% greater than it was in 2019. And the rates have to reflect that.
0: And how do you get over the fear, though, of the race to the bottom aspect, right? Because I I think, especially in some markets, um, more so than others, and the DC market's kind of protected uh, because there's so much like wealth and high income individuals where there's the companies tend to have like higher margins or, you know, larger sales targets. And a company of a similar size and more, maybe more rural or not as, uh, I guess, like not a bubble, but more of like a protective uh, you know, encapsulation on talking about here. So how do you get over that race to the bottom without being, uh, without shooting yourself too much in the foot? Right. How do you find that balance?
1: Well, you know, if it was as straightforward as like, here's what you need to be charging, then I would just throw the numbers out there. Right. But mm. it's not right. It's all relative to your market. So you de- you definitely have to know where the competition is and, and what they're charging what the market will bear. Um, but you also have to know your numbers, right. And really what is it costing you? And if you haven't reconsidered, right. If you, a lot of, a lot of people take shortcuts, right. Or create shortcuts where they're like, Hey, our man, hour rate is X, right. Or, um, our profit target is Y and and you have these numbers. If they're more than a year or two old, all I'm saying is you probably need to go double check them, revisit the math and figure out how you need to adjust them because those rules of thumb are, are that's what's going to cause you to um, end a very frustrating year with very little to show from it.
0: Yeah. And I noticed that across a lot of companies that I do actually talk to is that they do just throw a kind of, ah, we're at 55 bucks an hour. And for, for maintenance and like, we're like 75 bucks an hour for irrigation and somehow the numbers end up do working just based off, I think trial and error, but I'm a huge, huge believer in like kind of cost-based pricing. But I think the thing is, this is the thing is that people are afraid when you start getting into like double digit or like mid 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 level margins numbers right so if you're yeah. like saying my cost is i don't know like 30 bucks an hour for one labor hour and now all of a sudden your margin target looks like it's like 40% you're like i'm ripping my customer off yeah right like that that's a like that's a real discussion that happens especially that's- in the mid level management of of like of of landscaping companies you know because you have people who come up they work their butts off into a management position but they don't have a finance or like understanding of what these numbers are and it becomes scary because like well we're taking care of this customer's lawn and we're making this much money off of them yeah you know like how do you how do you get over that
1: i this is the reason why the majority of the sales training that i do for people is not skills based but it's it's um, mental based. Right. And we're looking at these, these beliefs. And if you, if you feel like, like nobody wants to feel like they're ripping their customer off, right. Um, that's not, that's not the win-win. And I'm not advocating for anybody to ever take advantage of somebody. Right. What I'm saying is um, make sure that there's a good enough return on your investments. Right. So if you, if you're looking at the numbers and everything zeros out and there's no profit left over, to go for education, or you can't afford to take time to attend to landscapes because you're too busy and you didn't hire enough people. Right. And, and it's all coming out to zero and you can't make that additional investment. Then you're not ripping anybody off except for yourself. You're doing a disservice to the company and the company's future. And the really successful companies are spending all kinds of money on what you might call investments that may or may not pan out right with new technology and time for education and time for strategic planning and all of those costs need to flow up eventually to what you charge the customer so if you make it really simple yeah the guy in the field is getting paid 30 dollars an hour or 25 plus benefits and burden and whatever Mm -hmm. and we're charging the customer 75 it can sound like you're ripping them off until you add in the building the insurance the admin the education the investment and you realize wow We're going to be, you know, lucky to clear 5%, which is what a lot of companies are at the end of the day.
2: I think too, I mean, I think the other side of it too is, you know, I I just talking to other people in the industry, you know, this year and how everybody's so, so busy with things. And I, I asked them, you you know, what kind of leads are they going on and what kind of jobs are they getting? you know there's a lot of people who just waste their time on these leads that don't it doesn't fit within their company either and they they get so worked up over oh I'm charging, you know, $75 an hour and I'm going to look at a client that is really only willing to pay $50 an hour. Well, if that's not your type of client, why are you even wasting your time there? Cuz then you'll get over that real quick because if you're going to the clients that you have who $75 an hour to them is well worth the investment there. They know they're going to get a great service. I mean, you'll be wondering why you aren't charging $85 an hour, $90 an hour. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I it's actually, I, I Luke, that's, that's really interesting that you say that because it puts words to the thoughts I've had like the past week. So I was invited to, um, to a friend, landscaper friends, uh, end of spring celebration party. Right. And obviously I'm in the software business now, and I haven't been out in the field for almost two years now. And it was good just to hang around with, you know, fellow landscapers and like getting back into that culture and, and hanging around with people in the industry. And that was one thing that I realized um, being outside now, like all the conversations, or a lot of the conversations were like kind of like people bitching about like their clients or like potential leads. And I it just had this like thought of like, you have how many hours in a day to spend how many of the how many of those hours are in a truck driving to somebody to talk to that you that you're gonna end up like complaining about later? And yeah. that's a little bit simplified, right? But like the fact no. is is that like maybe I know I know when I was I know when I was working I, I did I chased so many bad leads, but it's because I, I I didn't realize like how important and how precious my time is. Yeah. And now I'm like a lot more stringent on my calendar, right? And a lot more stringent on like what's happening so it's you, like the same idea
1: you just shot me down last week miles i called you up and i was like hey i'm talking to this guy he wants software here's what he's looking for and you're like neil that is not what we do i cannot make that guy happy like sorry yeah. sorry not sorry right and i was like cool man <laughs> <laughs> you know because um like you could have called like if i if i called him back and i was like yeah my buddy miles can hook you up You would have been like, great. Well, who do I like, where do I send the check? Right. Um, And it would have been that frustrating experience and a negative interaction down the road. Um, But you had the discipline to be like, I I don't, this isn't what we can really, this isn't our sweet spot. Right. And um, it's funny because when I ask people like, Hey, do you think that you're perfect? Pretty much almost every single person I've ever asked is like, no, we're not perfect. I'm like, then why do you pretend like you can service everybody who calls you just the Ooh, same, right? Because it's not, like, then specialize, then tell people no. And so we do, I just um, spent two days with a sales strategy for our company. Um, and we did the target market. We're like, hey, here's who we want to serve. And then at the bottom, I wrote, no matter how hard we try, we can never seem to figure out how to keep these people happy. And I made an even bigger list of all the customers that they didn't like. And they were like, this hurts. This hurts our ego to read like we can't service a distribution center. And I was like, but you can't. Like you told me you can't. You, you spent a day and a half bitching about them. But you tell me how much you love this retail center. Why don't you want more customers like the ones you love? And they're like, it's just an ego thing. And I was like,
2: it's all an ego thing. It's always an ego thing. I mean, we. I mean, I, I look at. Yeah. I, I look at things for us all the time, and I, you know, we have these big accounts, and uh, you know, the ones who for us, you know, for us, it's we want clients who are going to spend and appreciate top quality maintenance, and that they're going to improve their properties with us by doing various enhancements, flowers, tree plantings, drainage, whatever you name it. Those are all the clients that we work with that are fantastic and and very easy to work with. It's the clients who were only doing maintenance or only cutting their grass. And for whatever reason, it was, oh, well, you know what? We had to fill a spot in the schedule for a little bit. And so we decided to take those on. Well, that's the biggest headaches that we have. So, you know, like you said, Neil, define your clients, define the target market and then stick to it. And you're going to see that your business is going to grow. If you just stick to it and focus on that, I mean, you have to obviously deliver what you're going to tell, what you're telling your clients here. Well, and, and your profits. It. And your profits because yeah. your whole
1: company is built around servicing that one person. So when you talk about the value that they feel, like every, every system, every process, every training, every value is designed to give maximum value to that segment. Then they're going to continue to pay more and you're going to be more efficient doing it. So it's like this self-fulfilling prophecy mm-hmm. and and system that just generates massive profits, right? Because the clients you can't keep happy, Luke, those are the ones that you drive to every week to apologize again, right? And it's like, what percent of my week am I spending for a customer who's not even spending enough money with us to justify one visit, let alone weekly visits? Oh, preach, baby. Yeah, yeah. no, this this totally makes sense.
2: Well, and the, yeah, I mean, you know, over the past few years, we've, you know, we've had... A lot of bi-weekly accounts, gone. We're getting rid of them. We're not servicing those as much anymore. I mean, we still have a handful, but it's significantly reduced. Monthly accounts. We have people who want to just hire us to come and service their accounts monthly. Again, not what we do or want to do. We want to take on weekly maintenance accounts that we know what our focus is and we go after it.
0: And in that process, it simplifies your schedule. You don't have to think about like, Oh, shit. Am I missing somebody? Like, um, yeah. You know, well, so it mean, it's just I, like peace of mind, too, right?
2: Yeah. Well, like I think of like next week for us, you know, I mean, we, we close down for the 4th of July. We observe it on July 5th. So we're not working Monday. So we have to condense our schedule into either a four day work week or we'll work next week, Saturday. But you start throwing in those bi weekly accounts or those one off accounts it just screws with the whole schedule on a week like that or on a a week where there's rain. And then guess what you're doing? You're either, you know, robbing a great client who fits your, the mold of, you know, your target market, or, you know, you're robbing one of these biweekly accounts and then they're going to call complain and you're going to go back. You're going to spend more money and more time to try and fix and rectify whatever the issues are.
0: Yeah. And I think, Neil, like what you said there really spoke to me was about the ego thing about, you know, like, oh, we can't, but I, in the big picture, like what does it matter? Right? Like it, it, it really, it doesn't matter. And, and I've had this observation too, where, um, a lot of, a lot of people who I talk to, uh, who, who, who feel like their wheels are spinning right now, like either in their career or in their business, they tend to complain about the past a lot, right? Or they tend to say like, oh, I I need to get here because that's the expectation. And all that time, I've just observed that, like all that time complaining about something that's happened in the past and not like focusing, like how do we move forward? Or like, what's like, like you said, what do we love? Or like, what are we really good at? And focusing on that and putting your time and energy towards that just holds everybody back. And it's just like, it's kind of just self-perpetuating like, blah but but when you're in the moment you don't realize that you're doing it you know because it's easy it's easy to complain it's easy to to chase out like to chase the expectation that you think that you should be meeting whatever that is
1: yeah you know i think that when i the biggest breakthroughs i've had in in business out of business like just in life have been um one, when I got really, really clear and focused on what I actually wanted. Because a lot of times we're just doing stuff. We don't really understand or know or can articulate what do we really want? What would really make us you know, satisfied here? So when I take time to reflect and given that we just finished the first half of the year, this is a big reflection time for me um, to sit back and be like, okay, what do I really want? What's really important? That brings a lot of clarity. Um, the second thing is The more that I've learned to let go of the things that I'm not good at, and there's such a long list of things that I'm not good at, um, the more that I've learned to not worry about that and spend time and effort trying to gain some of those behaviors, um, the more it's freed me up to focus on what I do contribute and partner with people who bring those other things. And like, man, I wish I never, ever thought I was supposed to be well-rounded because I wasted a lot of years trying to be well-rounded instead of just owning what makes me awesome. Um, which, like I said, short list, right? Um, but that's the most freeing experience I've had in my entire life is understanding that.
0: Yeah, I, I think I do think, though, there is some val- validity, and this is kind of a tangent, but to like being a... Sp- a, a sp- I've read it as a specialized generalist, right? Um so not being so specialized where you lock yourself into something where you're unaware of what your actions will be doing to implicate like say other departments. So Luke, you know, you, you say like, you know, sales reps at Mariani need to go through and work in production, right. Understand exactly what's happening at least for a a certain amount of time. Like that, even though like their specialty is like sales or account management, like that's a generalist skill of understanding how production works. Right. It's the same thing in like software, for instance, like where my actions as a designer or as a product manager impacts support or like, and I have to touch all those different aspects. So I know what's going on, but those aren't my specialties. I can lean on other people to execute those things well, yeah, even better I can, but I
1: still need to understand Yeah. So, so having a high, having a high others awareness is just as important as having the high self awareness for sure. Yeah. Right. Um, Because, you know, none of the work that any of us will ever do exists in a vacuum. And so Mm -hmm. not, not only understanding what we're great at and how to contribute it, but you're exactly right. Understanding the repercussions of our work on other people and, and vice versa Um, And that's where that idea of let's form more powerful partnerships has really helped me. Right. You can't, you can't form powerful partnership by just recruiting somebody to do work for you. That's not how it works. Right. You have to understand where, where they're coming from.
0: And Luke, I know like we've like talked about this, but uh, you started in production, right. And then you've kind of grown into like the sales account rep slash branch manager slash, you know, like this, you, you are probably the epitome of a generalized, a generalist, right. In a, in a landscaping company. Um, but how do you think like in your, in your path to growth for, for those things has, has impacted, like, is there, does do you grow in like seasons? So like, there's a season, like where you're selling a lot and not managing production a lot, or are you just kind of juggling all these balls at once? And you're just,
2: no, I mean, I, I think having, like you said, having that, that skill set of knowing a little bit in each, Area in each department just it helps make you become a better expert at your job. Uh it gives you that better understanding. So you, you know, like you know, Neil said, you know, having awareness of everybody else and not just self-awareness. So it's it's definitely helped me. I mean, my focus over the last year or so, I've definitely started shifting away from the sales end of things. I understand it, I help with it when. You know, with the members on my team, you know, looking at new properties, um, you know, building estimates, I I help with with all of that. But, you know, my focus now is becoming more into the production end of things, how I can grow my team more uh, and grow people on my team to who want to move higher. Because, you know, by by them being able to move up and, and gain more skills, it just allows me to grow further within the organization so i think i think having that awareness and and dipping your toe a little bit in each area is extremely beneficial uh, you know to you becoming the expert you want to become at your job you know neil's figured out what he he's good at and things so he's become an expert at that but he knows how to handle a little bit of everything if yeah. that makes if that, if that makes sense
0: no, it totally makes sense. I think uh, I think that there's 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 self-reflection in there having time for self-reflection and understanding like what your path is um, did did your focus back to production was that dictated by leadership under like having good leadership who read that like hey Luke is really good at production we're gonna kind of back him off this sales responsibility because it's it's his distracting it's distracting him from being really good at production or was that more of a choice that you said, you said like, Hey, I'd rather not focus on sales. I'd rather more focus on production. Cause that's what I like.
2: Uh, it was a little bit of both. Um, I like production much, much more than sales. Uh, it's just always what I've preferred and, and like to do. And so, um, you know, me becoming a more, a better, well, you know, more well-rounded individual within the business learning sales helped but my path has always been with discussions with my managers that I'm not interested in sales long-term like I don't want to be a salesperson I don't want to run the sales team I don't want to do that I want to do stuff within production and so they've helped you know lay a path for me to get to there and I've you know created my own path too to getting to there. And so um, you know, it's it's a it's a little bit of both.
0: Yeah, that makes sense to me. That's just like one thing that I I realized now um now that like kind of entering like mid mid career a little bit, right? Kind of early mid career phase versus like out of college career career phase. Um you don't realize like when you have good leaders around you, they read a lot like on your actions, because now I'm doing that with other people without like understanding that. And I'm just starting to connect dots here. So like, you don't realize that people can read what your actions are, how you interact with things, even though you feel like you're doing a great job, you might be putting on a face or performing well, but people can see really good leaders and managers can see right through that and understand what your strengths are, what they're not, and can kind of guide you in those kind of specialties that we're talking about here. So but with that, I was so blind and egotistical that I never really picked up the messaging that the the managers were trying to read, say between the lines when I got feedback, you know, it's like, well, Miles, you know, like, what if you focus more on the finances here versus like creating estimates, right? It's like, you hear that it goes in one ear out the other. But in reality, now, if I heard that be like, oh, I'm not very good at estimating. So I'm going <laughs> to, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm not going to try to force
1: myself into that discussion. Right. So how's that playing out for you now? Because I know that you've been, um, having some more opportunities and and you're part of this smaller team where you're probably doing, you know, more well-rounded work, I guess you could call it. Right. Um, but you're also planning your future growth as the company grows. Me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm,
0: I'm, so to be honest, I'm a huge believer in being a generalist like, um, versus a, a heavy specialist. So My, so the way that I've been tackling, tackling things, especially over the past, almost two years has been, uh, I see a problem. I don't know how to solve it, figure out how to solve it, clock that skill, reflect on that skill that I just gained and document it and then move on to the next problem. And then when I start getting into harder problems, so say a design problem or an intro like something like that, like where I don't have formal training, um, I go to mentors, ask for their opinion, and then um, clock that skill. Then practice, practice, practice. Right. So I'm a huge believer in like being just um, being a really good generalist, and then getting and being a really good generalist will get me to a point where I can um, be an impactful person on on my team. But then what's going to happen is that the team's going to grow, and what's going to happen? I'm going to have a specialized designer, right? I'm going to have a specialized another specialized roles where people like say in this metaphor, like Luke, who's like, I want to be production only. Right. You can hire those people, but if you want to be, if I think, I think if you want to be at a higher level in organization, you need to be a really, really, really good generalist that understands like to a not expert level, I would say, but like pretty close to an expert level of all your kind of verticals. So that way, when you're hiring those people, you understand these are the table stakes for me not to hire a bad person and to hire a person that will will, will kill it, right? And then once you can trust that and you hire those right people, you can trust those people to take on the process. That gives you brain space to focus on more vision setting, big picture setting, right? And then, but to set the vision in big picture, you need to be a really good generalist um, to be able to read that, uh, to read the future, right? I mean, I look at someone like, um, I don't know, like Jamie Dimon, right? For Chase, like he's a, like a legendary CEO, legendary. He is probably he like he's he's a super generalist, you know. And like you listen to him talk, and it's like this dude knows everything about his company, everything about banking, and like how many verticals are there in banking? Like a there's a lot of complicated verticals in banking, so it takes a lot of work. But that's that's kind of how. How I like to approach things. It's it's, and um and we can kind of reach this in Rose and Thorn, but there's also some like takebacks to that because like I'm pushing myself really 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 hard, but not, um. But not taking into account like what's actually going on. Sometimes, does that make sense? That was kind of a rant.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so. I I feel like you have to you have to know what your business does for sure, right? Um, and I think there's also this element of where you have to know what you don't know, right? Yeah. And and you yeah. can't you can't learn it all, right? So I guess generals versus specialists is kind of like there's a real arbitrary line depending on your business and what side of it, right? Like how you define that. I think. Um, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And then you know, there's just there's, I, I you know, so what I know about you, Miles, is like you're all about learning right like like if I if there's one thing I know that you do it's learn all the time right And so that plays to your strengths in that sense of like continuously learning and collecting information and sharing it and and uh, I'm sure you have systems to like keep it organized right because you always have <laughs> yeah, something do. top a moment right to share and to me that's that's like your sweet spot right so you're gonna have success with that um, And then there's you know just as many famous CEOs who are like, don't embody that learning and they're all about empathy or they're all about inclusion. Right. And they have just as much success. Um, and so I think that, you know, uh, again, if you understand yourself and what motivates you and get, gives you energy, then that's how you're going to carry it out and, and reach your goals.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I think it's, it's just intuitive for me. So sometimes it's like hard to communicate that, you know?
1: Yeah, um, it's it's how it's uniquely you right yeah and yeah. and a lot of people will share that and there's a lot of people who won't mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm.
0: yeah for sure cool well um i think we're kind of wrapping up i don't know if you guys had anything else anything that was on
1: luke you got anything to rant about miles and I each had our turn
2: <laughs> no i think i think you guys have handled this week's rants <laughs> maybe, maybe next
1: week from luke now that he's back
2: I got, I got. to ease it. I gotta ease into it. <laughs> Next week, I'll start slamming Thanks. my fists on the on the desk like Neil was before the uh, before the recording started. I'm, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna slowly poke Luke until it all
1: comes out in our live podcast at Landscapes. <laughs> Be ready
0: for the show. <laughs> I can only imagine. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, I guess we'll get into Rose and Thorn going on and uh yeah
1: the weather's finally not super hot which is awesome um what yeah here at least in oh, i'm on the water so it's cooler yeah. i think less humidity so yeah looking forward to a nice fourth of july weekend of course this will come out after the fourth of july but um and uh yeah man i was sick last week and so i took off my running program and now it feels like I forgot how to run so we'll see how it goes but that's it's a funny thing how uh such a short break in and in a really great habit will make you like lose confidence in your ability to pull it off again so that's my thorn right now
0: you'll get back on it
1: I don't have a choice starts this afternoon
0: <laughs> yeah I think it's helpful that you've done it before though too so like you know like you can do it and getting back into the habit right
1: You know that's probably uh another uh topic for a future podcast but my second marathon was so much harder than my first
0: that makes sense yeah yeah interesting how about you luke
2: oh uh i've got all sorts of things i guess over the past i don't know what's it been like two months since i've been here something along those lines um thorn uh just a lot of stuff happening personally uh Gone through a loss of a family member, which has been tough. But, um, you know, I guess the rose that's come out of it is just the deeper connection I've made with the rest of my family, uh, close friends, coworkers, things like that, which has really been good, uh, helpful, supportive through uh, a rather difficult time. Um, you know, before all of before that, uh, you know, just the, the hell weeks of summer annual flowers and things like that uh prepping for the fourth of july now uh you know all that it's it's been a lot uh and haven't had a whole heck of a lot of time you know personally to do things uh i'm looking forward to i think hopefully this will be the first weekend i can get out on my boat so uh hopefully that'll that'll be nice um Roses, uh, kind of like I said, just a lot, of, a lot of time spent with family and friends lately, which has been great. Uh, we're, you know, winding down uh, with some of the big pushes at work, and it'll get to, I think, a little bit more of a manageable level of not, you know, working six days a week, 60, 70 hours a week to get work done. Um, and I played golf for the first time in uh, a long time this past weekend so that was that was fun too how'd you hit him it was an outing uh but actually really good and more importantly my back felt really good afterwards that was awesome. the only thing I was concerned about I played 27 holes Jeez. so I, I, I pushed it to the limit right away yeah welcome uh, back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know, so most people would probably just ease in you know let's play nine holes let's go to the range and hit a couple balls no didn't do any of that just right out there 27 holes raining 70 percent humidity it was fun
0: (laughs) good stuff um well my rose and thorn um my rose is that there's like there's a lot of positive things going on in life um really good like personal things that are happening so that's cool um the thorn the thorn is uh what i was talking about before was like pushing myself too hard um so yesterday I kind of had this, like, it's like this a bit, it wasn't like, um, it wasn't like a mental breakdown, but it was definitely like this pileup of anxiety that wasn't being addressed, uh, throughout this year. And, uh, it kind of had the, I had the whole day of this like nagging, uh, anxious, like gut feeling that wouldn't go away. Um, and I've been to therapy before I've, you know, so I've had therapists and I have some tools to work through that. Right. So I'd take the day off of work, um, and felt a little guilty because I wasn't like sick sick. Even though now I have the summer cold that I'm also dealing with. So, um, but uh, definitely needed definitely needed the day. So, um, uh, took the day off, uh, and actually did some um, did some mindfulness meditation. So this is an app called Headspace. Um, downloaded it, spent. I don't know, It's like 15, 20 minutes, uh, and, and doing some mindfulness meditation. It's weird, right? It's like, all it is, is just, um, just, just you just paying attention to your surroundings and like what you're feeling inside, um, in your brain and your heart. Um, and it was the most relieving experience I've had in a while. Um, all my anxiety went away. My confidence went right back through the roof. Um, I feel way better today, like ready to attack it. Right. Um, and it's just literally just what I needed and it just made me reflect a lot, you know, um, because there's really, there's really nothing bad going on in my life, but it's just a lot of things happening all at once. And I didn't give myself any time to just reflect on what's happening, process it through. And just those 20 minutes of just being, um, at peace, um, really, really, really helped a lot. So, um, faith is a huge part of my life. So I've always like questioned meditation. I was like, what? It's like, I'll just pray and they'll be fine. But like meditation, like, I think is very, like, this is very meta, but like, it's very like parallel, you know, you can do both and, 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 and be good. So, um, that, that's a huge, there's a thorn, but also a rose that came out of that. But, um, I can only imagine that there's people that are also going through the same thing, especially after hell week, you know, and, um, I would really, really, really encourage that. Um, just taking 15 minutes to, or at least trying it. It sounds weird when I talk about it, even out loud. And just like, oh, that sounds like so like Nirvana-y or like cheesy or like, but it's really, really works. And it's really, really helped me a lot. So
1: second.
2: Yeah, I uh, I mean, not too long ago, I joined a coaching group and they did a, one of the coaching sessions was a live, like, Uh, guided meditation for 15 minutes or whatever and I was hooked right there and I mean I started doing it 15 minutes a day or so 10 minutes a day turn your phone on to do not disturb you know whether it's guided you know go to YouTube figure out learn about meditation there's all sorts of different types and you know, the power it has over you and just to clear your head, relax you, calm you down. Uh, I mean, the, the amount of clarity it gives you with everything. It's, it's amazing.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's that was, what's cool about this app headspace. It's not even an ad I'm just like, I just downloaded it, paid the 70 bucks for like the annual subscription. I was like, I was just like, all right. And then it's just, it's just guided, right? You just plug in your headphones and it's just very, 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 very simple. So it's cool.
1: I learned how to do running meditations a couple of years ago. and so that that's always a part of my runs is um, body scanning and centering and running with my eyes closed and like getting to that same because I'm I can't sit down for 20 minutes and listen to stuff like that. It, <laughs> I, it drives me insane, but it works so well. I'm like, there's got to be a different different way to do that. And then, then my therapist was like,
2: I, I usually end up falling asleep. Yeah. The, like, I'll, I mean, like really, like you get so calm and so mm-hmm. relaxed when you're doing it. And like the, you know, I mean, it's so much breathing that you're doing and, you know, deep, long, long, deep breaths and everything like that. I mean, 12 minutes or whatever. I'll, I'll find myself like, Oh damn, I, I dozed off for 10 minutes here and it's great. I mean, it just it clears your mind, to, you know, reenergizes you for the day or or whatever.
1: 70 bucks a year, huh? I think we got to release our own meditation guide, growing in the green industry guide to meditation.
2: Well, we could have uh <laughs> we could have Brett be the uh Yeah, Brett's got the voice speaker. for it. He's got the voice perfect for voice for it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sign him up. Miles, find us a platform to make this happen.
0: All right. Well, maybe we'll just maybe we'll just make one. <laughs> <laughs> branded we'll have a we'll have instead of like a headspace brands it's like brands itself with like sun like the elements right like yes. like the ocean the sun all this stuff we'll just brand ourselves with grass you know, like flowers
1: mowing, mowing meditation too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if that's very meditative <laughs> <sighs> well today's meditations weed whackers
1: If you'd like to be part of our uh, test market for mowing meditations,
2: (laughs) shoot us an email. Email miles.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Okay. Anyways, um, that's good, guys. Um, So great talking with you. A big thank you to our listeners again for uh, sitting through this. Listen to us talk. Uh, Feel free to subscribe. Leave a review. Share with your coworkers, friends, family. uh, Email us. Whatever you want. We love to get feedback and uh, hear more of what you want. All right, guys. Hope you have a good rest of your day, and uh, we'll talk later.
1: You guys. See ya.